listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy and Jay Brunberg. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electrician Live. My name's Paul Abernathy, and with me, as usual, we have... Jay Grunberg. Jay Grunberg, all the way from Colorado, up in the, you know, that area. <laughs> in the and smoke zone. Smoke zone. And he is the basement king, and so he is uh, with us, as usual. And so we have a great topic tonight, Jay. We are going to we're going to be talking about AFCIs, and we're going to be pretty. How do we say it, Jay? We're going to be pretty candid, pretty open. Um, I'll say up front that I have been supportive of AFCIs for for many years, and you know, all the way back when I worked for NEMA. And and, and, and kind of have some familiarity with uh, the, the standard that's associated with it. And so we're going to kind of talk about it a little bit today, talk about some of our stories, look at the National Electrical Code a little bit, and just kind of have a good roundtable discussion, and maybe some of our folks will chime in. Uh, Jay also noticed in the room we have Elwood, Tim, Caleb, so we have the, the, the usual Great. crowd so with us. Yep, Code Strong. Code Strong, baby. He's always flexing, you know. Like, you know, I guess 30 years ago I flexed. Now it just all droops. But, all right, so let's get into this topic a little bit, Jay. So starting out, you know, Jay, let's let's talk about what a, I guess, a love-hate relationship with, with AFCIs. Um, I've... Uh, Installed my share. I have them in my house, obviously. Um, Texas is very progressive, always been kind of in, in the forefront. And, you know, once a code comes out, they adopt things pretty quickly. Uh, AFCIs have been around since the 1999 code. It actually was a result of a compu- uh, Consumer Product Safety Commission's uh, desire to have them on all branch circuits within a dwelling. And it started out very slow, people that don't know the history. Started out very slow, you know, it was just the bedrooms, and it was really only receptacle applications, really in bedrooms, and then it kind of expanded from there, and every cycle, it seems to expand. My head is so crooked, I look like a, like a hillbilly. All right, so every cycle, it expands, and it expands a little bit more, and we're going to talk about some things that are in the pipeline that I want listeners to be aware of. Um, of what's coming up, but um, let's talk about it. So you're in Colorado. Y'all have them. You've been installing them for quite a while, right? Yes. So before we get into any stories or the code, uh, any stories of of how things change, tell me a little bit about your experience that you've had with AFCIs because I'm able to come at it from a perspective. When you tell me a story, I'm going to say something that, that's based on the standard and what we know as far as the standard UL 1699 and what happens. And I'll try to address your issues that you might have run into 
And then I'll kind of top that with, you know, you know, you know, and I'm distracted because Caleb says I always look like a hillbilly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Caleb, Caleb Ooh, shooting from the hip man. already. boy, Caleb. Rimshot. All right, so, so kind of give me your perspective on some uh, AFCI situations you've encountered, and, and I'll give you a couple of mine. And I will also give you a resolution to, to, to quite a few of the AFCI issues that I've found. Okay, so go ahead. Tell me, talk a little bit about AFCIs. Yeah, so when we started Wired Up, and when I say we, my wife and I started Wired Up, it was just her and I, and we started, I want to say it was 2013 rolling into 2014. So there was, there was a code change in 2014. And coming from the commercial background, I really wasn't residential codesy. I really didn't know the proper codes in residential. So I learned from a lot of failed inspections. Well, the first project I ever did was a kitchen remodel. And I, I go in there and I, I read I have to have GFCIs on countertops. That was kind of a no-brainer just because wet location. So that one I knew was a code. But since I altered the lighting and I added, let's see, maybe I added a few switches in the kitchen because they wanted a couple can lights on one switch. They had pendants, so we roughed in some pendant lights. So we're pretty much we're taking this existing circuit and we're adding to it. We're adding additional switches and lighting fixtures to it. So um, thinking nothing of it, I have it on a normal 15 amp. I believe it was a GE panel at the time. And... I just kept it as, as it was, you know, I didn't know anything about it. Why well, I, I failed. It said, uh, failure, blah, blah, blah. Code reference needs to be arc fault. Pretty much. I had to take that breaker and arc fault it. So then I had to do my due diligence and do some research on it. Well, luckily enough, I learned how to look at a panel and kind of see that there are full spaces maybe for the AC that I could slim down. And, and I ended up making it happen, but that was my introduction into AFCIs was was the failure part of it and so then i hey you should be thankful just be thankful your inspector actually gave you a, maybe a code reference because a lot of times they fail stuff and they don't give code reference now i'm not hit i'm not hating on my inspectors because again i was one was a supervisor of one but i'm just saying not every jurisdiction is the same and okay. if you're going to fail somebody at least give them a freaking code reference otherwise yeah. what are you failing them for and saying. if you're a contractor, on, on with that being said, if you're a contractor like myself and they fail you for, for certain things, they have a laundry list, one through three or one through five, and they don't give you a code reference, call out to them. Call mm-hmm. them. Call their office. Talk or to in their your case, inspector. more like one through 50 or 15 or 20 or 30. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just saying, just in your case, you know. So yeah. They like to round up with us. <laughs> round so. up. All right, so that was kind of your first experience, uh, trial by fire. You know, didn't, you know. Um, I, I'm old enough to know that all the way back when they first came in, you know, in the, in the 99 code, to not be fully implemented, implemented until the tw- uh, 2002, but kind of, you know, spattering in in the 1999, uh, obviously back in Virginia, and... Virginia's a weird state. I talk about Virginia only to use an example. Um, they are still only requiring AFCIs in the actual bedrooms. So it has not made okay. it out. So every year that we progress and we have more requirements for AFCI, they elect to amend it out. And 
interesting enough, that'll be about a statistics that I talk about a little later, uh, which you would think means that the number of fires would go up in the state of Virginia because they're not using the AFCIs where they're supposed to use them. In the states like Texas or Colorado that require them everywhere, just about, um, you would think the numbers would go down. Okay? That would that would be your normal thought process, right? Right. For safety purposes. Sure. You know, safety first. Of course. And, of course, everybody, some people will say, well, also, we got to remember that older homes are getting older. They're not required. They weren't required to have AFCIs, so they're going to be spun into the statistics and yada, yada, yada. I get it. All right, so, but anyway, there's data that should be available, but again, I, I don't, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay, so my experience was it started out in the bedrooms, and it's moved everywhere, and in different states, you know, they will amend it out, uh, and they'll uh, adamantly argue that it's, you know, the, the supporting component that people have fought for years, when I was with NEMA, one of our missions was to, to, to push AFCIs. In fact, it was so much of a mission that it didn't really matter whether or not we believed in them or not. It didn't matter. That was our job. We pushed it because I was NEMA. I work for manufacturers, and I'm going to support manufacturers. I get it. Um, but you have to you had to have a, a fundamental belief in it, and I do, and I did have a belief in what AFCI brings to the table. Uh, I think they have saved lives. I think they've saved houses. The problem is, God, I don't know when I'll start that yet. Maybe I'm holding off. I'm really wanting to jump right in, Jay, to yeah, my... Yeah, backpedal a little bit. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm ready to... I just, it's like, you know, it's, you know, don't you go... You want to dive in. You're, you want to dive in. It seems like you're passionate about this. Yeah, I mean, I have a big problem with... <sighs> I, mean, I, 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 have a, I have a question yeah, for you. Yeah, ghost story, because I don't want to so, jump in there too early. No, you're, you're good. So I have a question. So you said in 1999 was... The when AFCIs first were, appeared, um, first, first appeared, appeared in the NEC. So they first appeared into the NEC, and it sounds like so. Were were they just required in only bedrooms? That's it. That was it. That was it. That was its start. That was its start. That was behind its... that was because that's where people, people are sleep. are going to sleep. Yeah, they're sleeping there. They're at night. unaware. So an arc could cause a fire. Could happen. And then, of course, in that period. The devices only really looked for parallels. They didn't look for series arcs. Series arcs would be a connection end-to-end or like the connection you make to a device. If you don't torque it right and it kind of just barely touches, creates an arc. You know, that's a series arc. It's in series with the device. Parallels are what people were concerned with back then because they were worried about extension cords being crushed in the door and then you have an arc between, you know, the hot neutral or something like that. And it'd be such enough resistance that it wouldn't trip an overcurrent-protective device, but it would create an arc, which is essentially a load, and then the device would not activate. So how do we detect that? And so they came up with the thought of characteristics that can identify arcing, and that was kind of the start of everything. Okay, so that was the start back then. And, I mean, I bought into that. I mean, I, I, was, I remember the testing. I remember seeing the data. Um, it's all laid out, but it's all test data. So, so were these devices? Because again, now we have multiple ways to protect it, which we'll get into. But back then, with the just, technology, just the circuit breaker—that was it back then. 
Oh, it, so they they made circuit breakers. They didn't actually have the device. I would have thought separate. I would have thought it would have been a device first. No, so the receptacles didn't come until a couple of years ago. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So the first it was circuit breakers, and you know, um, and so the circuit breaker was available, and when it first came out, it was called a branch feeder. Okay, uh, type of uh, AFCI. Well, now you, as you know, they're they're required to be what's called combination. Yes. Right. But and that's the that's the tech. So what happened was later on we started realizing that okay, we have parallel arcs and we have series arcs. Now the diff- the real difference in the two is the series arcs are going to be limited by the load. If there's no load being pulled on the circuit, then you have no theoretically you have no current traveling through the circuit or no reaction to the electrons and their movement, you know, we're not going to get into an ACDC theory tonight because, again, everybody uses the concept of flow like water, but it's not water, okay? It doesn't flow. You're using the same electrons in the wire. I like to tell people this. From the, from the utility pole down to your house, every month when you pay that electric bill, you're paying for the same electrons you paid back when it was first put in. What you're paying for is them generating enough voltage pressure to move those electrons to have a reaction that creates current. So at the end of the day, I have no idea where the hell I was just going with this, but (laughs) so they started out with just being parallel. They realized that if I had a piece of wire, a piece of cable with the the black and white, like say a non-metallic sheet cable, and it was damaged, the load wasn't really dependent on that because it could generate the load across itself and could create an arc. And over time, arcs can generate and increase in one degree, two degree, over time, three degree. And the temperature starts going up. And if it's in close proximity to some type of material that was, that was combustible, then it could create pyrolization. It could cause a fire. Okay. That's what this started with. Makes sense. Yeah. But they didn't think about the series because the devices really didn't cover the series. Now, good news back then, AFCIs also had a GFCI component in it. So typically, when you had something like that would happen, then, you know, at some point, the GFCI would kick in. At some point, whether it's leakage current or something, but, you know, it would cause it to be a benefit, right? Um, So... But now, most of all the manufacturers have removed the GFI or GFCI feature in it, okay? So, that, but, but back then, it was parallels. So, it didn't take them long, and they realized, well, we needed to account for um, the uh, series, right? So, they came out with the, the combination, and that picks up the series, okay? And, you know, that picks up the series and the parallels, now, since we're talking about AFCIs, there's a lot of discussion, and, and, and help me out, Jay, because you know, if you've got stories, bring the stories. Um, but I want to say the, the progression. Sure. One of the problems with the AFCIs that, it, that people talk about all the time is this concept of nuisance tripping. Sure. Now, I hear you, it all the time. Yeah. I, I, hear, I hear that all the time. I hear that from... General contractors, um, I hear that from um, apprentices who have maybe only installed a few. Um, with with my data or, or with my experience, 
I really have very little. I, I, I don't see the nuisance trip that people are talking about. I, I come across a bad breaker and I come across a good breaker. That's it's as simple as that. I mean, on, on the normal loads that the NEC requires, I don't find the nuisance tripping. I just, I just don't see that as much. I don't know if this is just something that got um, kind of blew up in the last few years because people are trying to find a way to uh, justify the bad side of providing arc fault breakers, I guess, if I'm right. saying that right. But like, you know, they, they want to find fault in them. So they say these, th these nuisance trips. Um, and and kind of like what Nick is saying, Nick said when they first came out, they had some bulbs tri bulbs tripping breakers. Mm -hmm. So maybe they did. Maybe maybe that's how they started. But again, since 2014, since I've been an electrical contractor, I don't have as many nuisance trips. It's either sure. a bad breaker or or a good sure. One. So one of the things early on that we would encounter, obviously with NEMA and and, and as being a representative for NEMA. We represent a certain number of states, and we were charged with um, uh, dealing with a lot of these issues or carrying the issues back to the manufacturers if we encountered them. And some of the issues uh, are not driven by the manufacturer. In other words, so when people say nuisance tripping, we always kind of address that is nothing's considered a nuisance because a nuisance means that eventually it's, it's something that you're not going to pay attention to. It's just a nuisance. Anytime a circuit breaker trips, anytime, whether it's GFCI or AFCI, it's something's going on. So I would sure. never consider this a nuisance. I agree. So something, something's going on. Now, it might take more investigation to determine what's, what's going on. So I am not here to say that AFCIs do not work. I have enough data that says that they work. We know they work in a lab. Right, we, we we know that they got to get past UL 1699, and there's certain tests they have to do. Okay, but early on the nuisance tripping, a lot of it had to do with frequency. So everything is based on frequency. So when you have different appliances, maybe certain ceiling fans from certain manufacturers, uh, maybe treadmills used to be the issue, got motors, and it, it puts out a certain frequency. And its characteristic is very similar to what's being detected due to the algorithm and the way the AFCI device is tuned, that it could possibly pick up this frequency characteristic that actually causes it to trip. And then the problem was FCC doesn't monitor or set a standard for the frequency. So it's nothing that um, employs the... Um, manufacturers of a treadmill or a ceiling fan or something to worry about. It's not something that they have to worry about. They're not governed under FCC for their things, okay? It's not communication equipment. So it comes in, it puts off a frequency. So early on, that was the, the issue, okay? So, um, and then Nick brings up something about loose neutral, but we're not even there yep. yet. Nick, yeah. we're not even there yet. We're talking about the things that cause the nuisance trips that are inherent in the products. So it was the frequency, and that would cause a problem. We'll get there, though, Nick. Yep, we'll get there. So that was originally the problem, and, uh, again, there, it's, the manufacturers are very aware of it. They know there was an issue with certain types of ceiling fans, uh, and they work with the manufacturers. Now, there's a website called, and I'm going to tell you this website, and I believe it's still up, Jay. I don't know if you've got a, a browser or something on your phone or something. You can I look can to check this out. 
is afcisafety.org. Okay, now this is a website that allows you to report any issues that you're having with your AFCI device. Okay, so it allows you to be able to submit it. The problem is people don't because they, they, they don't have a problem giving a one-star rating on Amazon or to your Uber driver, but they won't go after they've had an issue with an AFCI and go onto this website and report an issue so that the manufacturer oh, can look it up. Now, I don't know if the manufacturer actually doing it. I don't know about any feedback. This also should be data, but I can promise you manufacturers will not share that data. I can promise yeah, you that. Yeah, it's live. It's, it's up and running. Okay. It's a NEMA. It's yep. from NEMA. So, so I can guarantee you that they're not going to share the data because I haven't seen any of the data. And I did a podcast or whatever it was a month ago and openly asked yeah. anybody who was an expert in AFCIs who wanted to come and debate me on this on, my, on the show, and, and the phone ain't rang. Okay? And I so, think that's where Caleb was going in, in his. He goes uh, – you know, in, in theory, it's a great idea, but what's the evidence and the data, and what does that support? Right, and we're um, going to get there. We're going to get there as well. Yep. Okay. Hey, so look, we're we're getting there. So when AFCIs again uh, started, and then so it went on and required them to be of the combination type, which is to pick up those series and parallel arcs. Okay, not to be confused with dual function, which has absolutely nothing to do with series in parallel, even though it's, there you go, Jay's got one right there, and a dual function is going to cover AFCI, it's going to get both series in parallel, so it's also going to have a combination rating, but it also yep. is going to pick up GFCI, so it's going to have AFCI and GFCI, that's a dual function, that is not a combination, yeah. okay? And let me tell you something for those out there, those, the, the inspectors are really good ones. I think They'll Jay really thinks, and... I think Jay really thinks we can read that, that blurry, but... Oh. Okay, well, sorry. what I'm saying is, is if you look at it, it's it's blue, the color blue for the ET. Blue. They'll they'll know which ones, what colors are for the um, dual functions, and which ones are for the arc. Because I want to say the green for Eaton is arc, and the blue is the dual functions. And I've actually I've got hit. He's like, no, you need a you 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 need to put for the basement outlets per 2020. You need to put the blue ones in. Oops, <laughs> my fault, man. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> So, so, so now we're required to have them, obviously, combinations. But yep. then in history, what came along is what Jay was referring to earlier is the device. Orlando guy's in here. So the device that came about was basically a branch circuit arc fault circuit interrupter. Okay, so it's an outlet branch circuit, so that goes in the first outlet. Okay, not to confuse the fact Ronbo! that... Ronbo! Oh, Ronbo's Sorry, back. Sorry, man. Oh. Sorry, Ronbo! What is up? Ronbo's Yo. made an appearance, folks. We don't see him anymore on Wednesday nights, but he, he made an appearance here on, on Electrician Live, so there you go. All right, so, you know, I get, I get distracted. I have a bad case of ADD, and it just gets worse as I get older. Okay, or it's dementia. Could be that too, I guess. All right, so AFCI. So then, what happens is later on, we've got the the the, the outlet branch circuit style that go in the receptacle. <laughs> so what it says on the dwelling units, it says enlisted branch feeder type AFCI installed at the origin of the branch circuit in combination with the listed outlet branch circuit type AFCI 
installed at the first outlet box on the brand circuit. So let me go on. <laughs> anyway, so we covered it. So now what we've got is AFCIs. You have series parallel protection. It is expanded. So where is it, where is it required now? So we're looking at the 2020 edition. And where is it required? Well, it says all 120-volt, single-phase, 15- and 20-ampere brand circuit supplying outlets or devices installed in dwelling unit kitchens, yes. family rooms, dining rooms, living rooms, parlors. Do you got a parlor, Jay? You, you know, I have, I have many of them. You have, have many, many parlors? You have parlors. Sure. Retire to Fourth. the parlor. Right? In uh, libraries, dens, bedrooms, sunrooms, recreation rooms, closets, hallways, laundry areas, or similar rooms or areas. And, again, the reason we use the similar is because you could have areas that are very similar to one of these locations that they give. You know what I'm saying? So there you go. What's the congratulations all about? What, 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 so, what? so Humberto uh, passed his journeyman's exam today, man, and he's he's giving you a big uh, praise on, on that. So yeah. Humberto nailed it. Job, nailed bud. it. Congratulations. Congratulations. Welcome to the family. That's all right. right, man. That's his. No, hold on. Before you go anymore, I want to mm. touch on that real quick, the licensing. Mm. I'm going a little off topic, but, hey, guys, this this is serious. Like, he's when Paul says or, or when you said that, Paul, and you congratulated him into the family, that's that's huge, guys. Like, like some people and a lot of it's it's I call these guys apprentices. And and if I'm if I'm disrespecting anybody out there, you take it in a negative way. This, this isn't, doesn't mean that I'm saying, hey, man, if you put enough time in and you got the hours, Study hard and get the test. Um, a lot of guys will say, hey, man, I'm a 10-year apprentice, and I do better work than this journeyman. Well, that's, get the that, license. That could, that could be true. And, and, and then, but get the license, man. Like, own that. Take pride in that and be a part of this family. Um, the other thing is I, I get people that say, hey, man, it's just a piece of paper. What do I need that piece of paper for? Whatever, you know. It, it's not just a piece of paper, man. It's, 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 it solidifies that you've taken your time out of your day, and you've put in the hard work study to pass an exam. So congratulations, I can go drive my car, Jay. I don't need a license. It's just a piece of paper. It's it's the law. If you're going to be an electrician, so I cannot call somebody an electrician until they're licensed. Exactly. You're just a good hand. You're a good hand. You're you're a practitioner, but you're not a licensed. You're not an electrician. Yes. Get your license. I'll help you. I will help you. I'd like to see everybody. And you don't have to buy my courses. I still help everybody. That's right. I probably answered right. 35 or 40 emails today with people who had questions. I want to see you get your license, man. Yeah. I just, it's the greatest thing. I remember when I got my journeyman's, man. It was just, you know, and a year later when I had to have my dad go down there because I was too young to supposedly too young to get my journeyman's, but I aced the test and, and won the national Vicar. And they, they said, all right, let this boy take it. He'll fail it. And I passed it and they had to give it. And then I went back in a year to get my master's and they said, Oh, you're too young. And my dad said, so where's the age requirement for the master? Well, there wasn't one. There was an age requirement for the journeyman, but I already had the journeyman. So he said, there's no age requirement. He forced their hand. Then he looked at me and said, okay, boy, it's your, you got to pass the exam now. Uh, yeah. 
But yep, that, he knew that wasn't going to be a problem. I was eat up with code back when I was 18, 17. Boy, I was in it. I was taking night classes on code when all my friends were out partying. I oh. was like, no, I'm going to get my you know, code on. I guess that's I, I probably why I stayed single until I was 20, but you know what I'm saying. All right, so anyway. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot of time that you got to devote, so good job, man. Good job. Congratulations. I love to see that. I love it. Okay, back to AFCI. Now, yep. so – we could, co- we could cover all these locations, Jay, where you required it, but I think most people know all these locations. I, I think they yeah, know how to don't. apply this code. So I think it's better we just, we're just talking about AFCIs. Like and, and, and I'm going to tell you what's coming down the road, folks. Are you ready? Yeah. Bring it. And then Jay will tell, we'll tell some stories about some situations. Um, and I will talk, and we'll get into what we were talking about, neutrals and loose neutrals and, and, and case to neutrals and proper. You know, we'll talk about that. But I got to tell you what's coming. I need a heads up, folks. So the 2023 has closed for the public input. It's over. If you wanted a code amendment, I mean, if you wanted to change the code for the next cycle coming up, it's over. Now, you still can be involved because we'll have multiple passes at it. We're going to have what's called, once we as a code members get together and we start looking at things and we look at your proposal and go like this, we don't like that. So once we do, that's not what we do, but once we look at stuff, then we're going to put together a right in the trash basket. Once we look at stuff, um, and now it's going to be something that comes out in what's called a first draft, and you all will get to read it. Here's where you got to jump in because you need to read them and you need to chime in on them. Make us substantiate it. Make sure that nothing gets changed in the code without substantiation, not just because it's a good idea. It's got to be valid. It's got to be proven. And that's why I need all those code warriors to, to really come code strong and look at it. Code strong, baby. Because I cannot stand crap that gets in the code that's not validated drives me crazy, makes me sick when it does that. When somebody submits something and they have no substantiation to why, just because they want it to be there. I agree. There's things that I want to change. But if I can't substantiate it, I'm not even wasting my time. And so that's what I mean when we throw stuff away is if you don't substantiate it, it doesn't have a chance. Now, the reason I say that is because through the rumor mill, you ready? Through the rumor mill, we hear that AFCIs are going to make another push to require it to be in all those areas where it didn't make it last time. So they tried to get it in garages, tried to get it in bathrooms, tried, you know, things like that, tried to get it in basements that, that didn't make it. They're going to try again. Rumors. But also rumors that they're going to try to expand it to agricultural dwellings, dwellings that are, again, if you have a farm or you have an agricultural, um, for that. So... They're going to push it. And then what's next? Are they going to push yeah. it for all of the branch circuits in every building, even commercial? Because, you know, we have a history. What's your history? Just because it's changed every cycle, it's been added to it with really no substantiation, really no data. And the NFPA just put out some recent data that said, actually, the fires are not going down. Okay. I would think in states like Virginia, who do not move it out of the bedroom, would have statistics that the fire marshals would have that I can compare to a state like Texas, 
when we blame things on fire, of course, we blame everything on fire. We blame everything on electrical when there's a fire. If they don't know what it is, they go, eh, it's got to be electrical. <laughs> oh, we got this house right. burned down. Oh, it's electrical. It's got to be electrical. Faulty electrical. You know, reality is we've had these things now, Jay, since the Consumer Product Safety Commission gave a recommendation back well before 99, okay? Here we are at 2020, the infamous COVID-19 year, you know, where the world is just, everything has gone crazy, and it's just like we can't wait till this year's over. Um, so where's the data, Jay? So they're going to push all these new things into next cycle. Expand it again. Where's the data? They didn't have it last time. Here's what they said. Well, we've changed it every year, and we already require it here, so we might as well do it here, and we do it here. Just because they pass in a lab doesn't necessarily mean that I have enough data to simply blindly require this. And I think the problem we've had the pushback is – the pushback from people is because people will say to me, well, when, and here's how I used to support it, okay? And I'm, I'm not against AFCIs, and I'm talking a hell of a lot in this episode, but I have to tell you, I was very much a supporter of it. I still believe it because I know the balance of the technology behind it. However, it has gotten to the point now where it's all about the Benjamins. Yeah, that's because exactly they're pushing it down your throat. Now, when we used to argue it, we used to say, look, it's, it's like extra insurance. And then people would say, yeah, but you know what? I can pay $10,000 more for this granite countertop, an upgrade, but you're not going to put in a couple hundred, three or four, five, six, seven, eight hundred $800 in AFCIs when they're going to actually protect something? And people go, right, because I have a choice to put the granite in. You're not giving me a choice with the AFCIs. You're just jamming them down my throat. Now, it's not to say that I don't think they work. The principle behind it. But my problem is they're not addressing the nuisance issues. They're not coming and doing videos on it, explaining it, because it's not in their best interest to explain it. I'm hearing about nuisance which, again, you know my opinion on what's considered nuisance. I'm hearing it all the time. Now, granted, a lot of these things, Jay, we can discount. If you take an AFCI and you downstream make an improper case-to-neutral connection, it's going to trip it. And you're going to say it's the AFCI's fault when it wasn't. It's because you jammed everything back in a box and the neutral in the equipment ground touched. Now, they're both going back to the same point in the panel. You know that. I know that. So... Again, you, you, you inadvertently will, will potentially energize live parts because you can't make case-to-neutral connections downstream, but that will be detected by AFCI. So that's a good thing. Yeah. But that can be fixed. Just go into the box. And electricians want to blame the AFCI, but that's electricians' issue. Loose neutral. Loose neutral, same situation. I had one of my worst troubleshooting um, episodes, I guess, with with uh, a neutral touching uh, an equipment ground, and we had uh, the basement was finished. There's about six can lights, well, maybe twelve on this lighting circuit, and it kept tripping. So I I would you know keep resetting the breaker, and if you turn all the switches off, nothing happens, even though they're touching because there's no load on it. 
So this is how I kind of troubleshoot 101 for you guys. I turn everything off on my lighting circuit and went to one room that, you know, had maybe four lights, didn't trip. Okay, cool. Went to the next room. It was the living room, had six lights on it, turned it on, tripped right away. Okay, open up the box. Don't see anything weird there. Close it up. I'm just like, how is this happening? So I throw in a regular 15, and it, it works just fine. But, again, per code, per inspection, I have to have it on arc fault. So I go back to the arc fault. I actually took out a different arc fault from another lighting circuit that was working and put it on it. Just Turned to on see. the lights, and it, it tripped just to see, see if it was a bad breaker. Um Anyway, so I go and I, I start taking these lights apart. After about an hour of troubleshooting, I, I take out the, what are they, quarter-inch um, screws that hold the cans in, the can yeah. housing. So I take out three of them with my little ratchet stubby. If you don't have one, go get get one. They're, they're awesome. And I pop this, this hi-hat up, and I get it out of the way, and I get to this box, and I check the first one, nothing. Okay, good. Go to about the third or fourth one, and I look in there, and my guy stripped his neutral about this long, and so this much of it was sticking out of that little Wago, and that ground was was rubbing right up against it. Oh, my goodness. I could have fired this guy, but I didn't because, again, it's a simple mistake. And No, it's not. You don't strip that much for the neutral off. It's not as a <laughs> – wait, look, Jay supporting his people. How you – you like that? He's like, oh, that's, that's you know. The deer hunter missed the deer and hit the innocent pedestrian. It's a, It's okay. The, 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 he shouldn't have been out there walking near the deer. All right, whatever, Jay. No, I wouldn't have fired him. But, again, that's an educational moment. But I will tell you this. One of the things that I always used to teach apprentices is troubleshooting. Before I go through the labor of taking down those hats and all that kind of stuff, yeah. I go to the panel. I take everything off the breaker, everything. So all I've got is the neutral in the hot. I isolate it out. Okay, you know, I take that off because I don't want nobody freaking – turning you know i'm in there so i don't want to yell so anyway i've got the, i take it off so i take the circuit identify the circuit um and then i take the, the neutral and the ground that are not on any bus and at that point i try to do continuity testing sure see if i'm getting a ring out okay also have to remember that i have to take the lamps out because that's not gonna work yes Yes. Right? So, but I mean, it, you know, by the time you do all that, then you're probably thinking, crap, I'll just go do what you did. But I don't want to pull down any can until, you know, I do it. But Well, I, I knew it wasn't a direct short because, again, it was it was working on one set of, of the load. So there was current there. It's just when I went to that second switch that was controlling the six lights. But I, I agree with you. I, I think and, – and this will be another topic for another episode, but troubleshooting, guys. Oh, yeah. it, it is – People spend hours and hours and hours of troubleshooting. On, on yeah, did you hear my story things. I did on one of the one of my electrician lives or whatever about the uh, phantom voltage? The the guy that I let yeah. him, I just let him go for almost I don't remember how long it was. I can't remember now. I just let him go, and I knew his phantom voltage. That poor guy, that poor apprentice guy, man, man, he was just looking, 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 and I just I got the biggest kick out of that. Sometimes it's such simple pleasures, but anyway. There's so many things that can cause them, you know, to, to do that. Um, but my only problem is we're going to expand it now in other areas, and I just don't – we've had enough data here now. It's been over who's 20 years. Who's pushing these, those? Who's, who's pushing these areas? Because if it's me, the contractor, I'm not pushing them. I don't see a reason why I want to put it in a the bathroom. There's nothing in the garage. There's no reason – I don't even want to put them in the areas – 
that they're required right, now Jay. besides maybe right. the bedroom. All right, Jay. Okay. Who's pushing them? And we can say it's for safety. However, Just how saying. much does how much is an AFCI device cost? Uh, Fifty uh, bucks. AFCI round it. Range between forty to sixty-five bucks. I mean, it just depends on what Let's brand where you're getting it. Let's do fifty. If I'm a fifty dollars each, and that's going to increase in your house, how many? Maybe another oh. five, six, maybe. Oh, an additional what's required now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. So five hundred times six. That's three hundred dollars increase. How many homes do you think are built throughout throughout the country? Let's just say there's oh, three hundred thousand yeah. homes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Three hundred dollars times three hundred thousand, and that's probably very conservative. That is ninety million dollars. Okay. Who do you think is pushing the expansion of AFCIs? Now, my problem is I don't want to hide something behind the the curtain, you know behind the curtain of being safety. I have been to meetings, and I've heard people that are shills for the manufacturer get up at the podium and almost sound like they're crying because they care about you. I don't want to see anybody die. We need to expand the FCI. I mean, come on, man. Nothing seems so shallow when it's the manufacturer who's screaming it because the manufacturers are the ones that are going to get benefit of it. I, I get it. No, we're not that foolish. But at the end of the day, do I think there's merit to the AFCIs? Absolutely. But I think it's time now for the manufacturers to address the nuisance issues that people call nuisance. I think it's time to, uh, to answer those questions and come out publicly. Let us know what the statistics are in the AFCISafety.org website. Let us know what amount, because I'm hearing a lot from electricians. They're having issues with them. Sure. So it could, again, could be installer issue, a lot of them. I've granted that. And I'm not here to say that they don't work, but you know what? We've expanded it every cycle, every cycle. Personally, we are okay right now where we're at. Now, the only reason I might, I might concede the fact that we need them in the dwelling units that are on farms is because at the end of the day, it's still a dwelling unit, and it can't be covered under 210.12. So how do you get there? So as long as we're not trying to expand it, we're just trying to put it in areas where it already requires AFCI protection. I mean, we're already here. Then I'm not yeah. going to argue. I'm not going to argue that. Okay? What I am going to argue is we don't need to expand it because you know what? The next thing that's going to happen is people are going to want to expand it to 40-volt to circuits. Right? And it, where is it going to stop? All I'm saying yeah. is bring the data and convince me that they work, not just in a lab, the data. Now, I've had some experience myself where I have an AFCI has helped. I had one situation in a house where I put um, that I wired, and we actually put now, because I was on the stump for AFCIs, I put them even when the state didn't require them in Virginia, I still put them in. Uh, one, because I thought it's protecting me as a contractor. Again, it's, you know, again, if there's an arc, I want to be protected. But what happened was we had non-metallic sheet cable run around the top, and it had the um, molding put around. And at first, it was only like a, a, a six-inch molding. So when we laid, we had our circuits run a certain transition from one floor to the other, it was fine. We knew what we were going to have there. 
The owners came back and said, no, I want to change it to a more glorious 12-inch molding around there. So then they shot the nails in in locations where we would have been okay. We were fine. But anyway, they shot it in. You know what? I would not. Now, this is not a testament to the AFCI actually working. This is a testament to the fact that when I came back, the owner just so happened to want to have some recess cans moved. You know, that never happened, right? After it's sheetrocked, they're like, oh, I want to have them moved. And I'm like, okay, cha-ching. I don't have no problem moving anything. Yep, write it, change order, whatever you want. So when I came back and we cut the holes to the new location, I looked up in the hole, and what do you think I saw? A nail driven right through our NMB. Sure. Didn't trip anything. Okay. But I just lucked out. And if AFCIs work, then I could have saved my butt. But here's the problem. Once it sheetrocked, I don't know where that is. You don't know at all. I just yeah. got lucky, right? And so in this case, it ended up being more because when we had to repair that, you know, and to pictures and yada, yada, yada. But I do know that there is a case in the Consumer Product Safety Commission where we had a bunch of luminaires that came from China, okay? China, the place where the China virus comes from. All right, so we, <laughs> and I don't offend nobody if you're from China. You know what? You know the virus came from over there, so don't even try to play it off. All right, so look. Into the neuralizer. <laughs> Forget he said that. Got to go back in time. All right, so okay. anyway. Good. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, what was I even talking about? The nail, the shooting the nail and figuring it be. Yeah, I'll let it go. I'm just going to, I'm just, you know. But, no, you're right. I, I mean, if you're going to put them in garages and and uh, bathrooms for, for myself, then I kind of would like to have, again, some statistics about how many fires are happening in these, in these areas and what's causing them and is if it, and would an AFCI prevent it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and FPA does have a document that recently came out, and if you go get it from their website, you'll see that the statistical data from fires – and AFCIs have been around now for 20 years. The values, they're not dropping. Okay? The, the, the fires that are coming from these brand circuits you would think would be dropping because of all the AFCIs. It's not dropping. Now, some people say it's the older homes are getting older, and that's where they're coming from. Okay. But with all the fire marshals, with all the states that, that, that are amending it out and not requiring, and then all the states that are requiring it, there should be enough data that can be put together to support a change. I am tired of constantly supporting the change to the AFCIs without any data. You know what I'm saying? Just blindly want me to accept it because they've accepted another code cycle. Well, we, we, we changed it last cycle. We added this room. Now we just want to add some other rooms. No. I need something now. That I'm ready to I'm, – I, I support AFCIs, but I'm now drawing the line in the sand. Give me the data. What I want the data to say that is that without a doubt, we see a drop in issues due because of the expansion of ACIs. That was the point. I want to see something. We've 20 years now. You know, Caleb, Caleb brings up a point that you and I were talking before the show started. Um, and he says his old foreman would leave the AFCIs until the inspector would come and then uh, he'd take them out, right? I was thinking you forgot to have that conversation when we were no, talking about No, he, he actually brought it up, so I, I, I was actually bringing this up 
with you during our, our pre uh, pre warm up, if you want to call yeah, it that. Yeah, you know, I was like, la 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 la. I've never done this, Caleb. I again, I understand where your guys coming from. Your foreman's coming from. It's probably Jay's never Jay's never done it. A situation. I myself, if if I install it and I put it in and it works, I have no reason to take it out. Yeah, now I have it. taken them out because they haven't worked, and I've tried to return them to the supply house or to Home Depot, and they go. Oh, well, you know, how do we know that you didn't install this? I'm like, I'm telling you right now that I installed it. Like, I, I installed this breaker right here that I'm returning, well, and it's defective. Like, give me un, another one. The unscrupulous contractor will charge the customer for the AFCI, then replace it without one, and still keep the money. That's not good. Well, that's, that's you know? one, you're, you're, you're gouging them, too. You're, when For my electrical license, when I walk away from that job and I have these breakers installed, they're protecting my license as well because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm required to install them. There's no way that, and I don't want to get in much, but Paul, you'll probably say this, Paul, is that if you were an inspector and you came back to my job, there was a fire, and you signed off on it three months ago, and, and then you go back three months later and there's a fire and you see that the a- AFCIs were t- taken out, you would, you'd fight that hard because there's yeah. no way you're going to pass it without those being there. So, again, good try for your foreman. Um, I just hope that, Caleb, if you ever get your license and move in that direction, that you're doing the right thing. So, of course, uh, Caleb's probably talking about, like you said, after they get the final, the inspector's not coming back. Um, yeah. For me, it would be liability to if something same. did happen. Yep, same. I, I, I couldn't do it knowing that people are going to be living in this house with their kids and and I have kids of my own, so... No, that means that's a premise, Jay, that we that we believe they work. So under that premise, we believe they work. And I am a believer that AFCIs work. So sure. anybody out there that's offended for the manufacturers, and I know they are, I'm not saying they don't think they work. I've seen the data as far as in a lab and statistics. You're just saying that they're stretching it further... Yes. Than what it needs to be. Because, again, like what you said, the 2020, I, ha- I have no issues with last week's episode with GFCIs. Mm-hmm. And I believe, I don't want to get off topic, but I believe I had maybe gave the viewers wrong information about car chargers and welders uh, being on GFIs. I've not taken that step to look up those codes further than. I don't remember two- you saying that. I, I believe I did. Be- well, it was a concern for me because, again, when it says 250, it's talking about the device. And it says garages, so I would instantly go, okay, well, I put Tesla chargers in garages all the time. I did some research, and supposedly they don't really mesh with each other, um, Well, or the charger itself has built-in The The 210.8 we were talking about are specific locations there. The code will amend it in other areas of the code, right? So those areas that were listed in 210.8, aren't necessarily talking about dealing with welders in general. That, that's not generally what it's, what it's trying to say, all right? So, obviously, if I take the welder receptacle and I install it in an unfinished basement that requires GFCI protection, and, I, you know, then, okay, that might kick in, and it might not jive with the welder. Right? Right. Yes. And so you got the deal, which is going to lead people to say, I'm just not going to, I'm just going to not GFCI. Okay? Yeah. 
But again, we could go deeper into that. We could look at, at welders and look at in, in some of the concepts. But I think that's probably for a better for a different show to get right, detailed just, in it. But you could make sure require. Wrong no, I think you're fine. I think you could require it if you look at the application. Um, but again, I again I would have to look at the welder it's, itself. And the welder might have something built into it, protection built into that. Uh, but I don't. You know, I haven't really given it much thought since we were pretty much just covering. Stick it on AFCI. So I, I have one for you. So then, what you're saying? Because let's say I'm, I have a panel. The thing is full. It's it's a it's a full tandem breaker spaces. In mm -hmm. order for me to get that full size arc fault breaker that's required, maybe on a lighting or receptacle load in the house. And let's say I'm just doing a, a basic remodel. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have two two circuits that I'm modifying. Oh, you want to get to the modification? Okay. Well, well, that, well. I, let's let's say I, I can't put it in the breaker. So I was going to ask you just a basic question on what what's my other option then to because I heard you say device. Mm -hmm. Now, if 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 I'm if I have that breaker, that 15 or 20 amp breaker, and I'm hitting that to that first device, that wire is now unprotected supposedly for the AFCI. Is that? Okay, so let's talk about, in your case, you're saying an existing dwelling, and you're yep. coming in and you're going to modify a brand circuit, maybe add another receptacle, or you're going to do something. So yep. that kicks us into the 210.12D, and D is talking about brand circuit extensions or modifications. Now, what the code says is dwelling units, dormitory units, and guest rooms and guest suites where the brand circuit wiring uh, for any of the areas specified in 210.12 A, B, or C, so in A, obviously dwelling units, uh, B is dormitory, and C is the guest room, guest suite application. If any of those are modified, replaced, or extended, and remember, this is an interesting thing, and I also tell people all the time. If you look back at 210.12, you'll notice that it's talking about uh, or A and B and C, you notice that it's talking about 120 volts. So this circuit, this is very much driven as circuit-driven. It's not device-specific. It's circuit-driven. Whereas I tell people all the time, if you see something that says 125, 250, that's some device. If you see something in the code that's 122 or 240, then it's, it's talking about the circuit. So this is circuit-driven. So if the branch circuit in any of those locations, but we'll stick to dwelling because, you know, you're the basement king. So if I am modifying it, replacing it, or extending mm -hmm. it, the branch circuit shall be protected by one of the following. Now, this is the entire branch circuit at this point, not just the modification. I have to protect the entire circuit. Right, right. So you leave it alone, or if I mess with it, I've got to protect the entire circuit. And that might be kind yeah. of sucky if... You're dealing with an old panel that you can't protect the entire circuit it's because back panel. So, so you have right. some options. And the options are, number one, any by any of the means described in 210.12A1 through A6. So that's all of the okay. conditions. So probably in your condition like you're sitting in, then I would probably just use a um, a listed branch feeder type AFCI, that's the old style AFCIs, back in the panel. And then at the first receptacle, I would put in my branch outlet AFCI. 
So I want to meet option number two at 210.12a2. I'm going to try to meet that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's uh, that might be one of that might be one of my options. Okay. And so it, I might have any of these options here, but that's just one way to do it. Or number two, a listed outlet branch circuit type AFCI located at the first receptacle outlet of the existing branch circuit. So in this case, it's saying, hey, all right, well, tell you what, I'll just let you go back to the first of the branch circuit, of the existing one. Yes. And I'll let you put one of those outlet branch circuits there. So, again, it's going to protect upstream, and it's going to protect downstream. So the first one, I can protect the entire circuit. The second option, I can just go from the receptacle, okay? So two ways to look at it. One, when you read it, i got to protect the entire circuit. But then two says, nah, it's existing. Tell you what, put it in the first outlet. It does protect some upstream down. Now, here's the big difference. When you look at 210.12a and you look at all these options, you're going to notice that option C and option D is going to, for example, going to limit you. So in option D, um, wait a minute, 210.12a4, that one allows me to use a listed outlet branch circuit type AFCI. That's the receptacle kind, okay? In, uh, installed at the first outlet of the branch circuit in combination with a listed branch circuit overcurrent protected device. That's a standard breaker, by the way, where all of the following conditions are applied. And you notice in here, it's going to give you a maximum length of non-metallic yeah. sheath type cable, whether it's uh, 14 gauge, you know, 50 feet, 12 gauge, 70 feet, right? Yep. Under this replacement rule, it doesn't give us any maximum distance, which some people will say that's crazy. But I'm be honest with you, this is Again, better no. than it's better than nothing. Yeah. So you have this rule now. That's where we have to look at the exception. Now, many people say, "Well, what if I'm moving it, but I'm not going to add any additional devices or any additional outlets to it? I'm just moving sure. it." Sure. Sure. Why Maybe they have, have a bar to... top. They're cutting the bar top down. They have three outlets along that bar top. Now it's becoming a flat surface. And they're just and moving Maybe it. you got to put one on the end. They're just moving it. It was here. You're moving they're it over moving here. It. Actually, you're eliminating. You're eliminating two of them. Yeah, but you're, you're not extending one it. On the end. So here's what the exception says. It says, and then I'll also talk about where it's used the most importantly. It says, and we're at the end of the, or we're at nine, so hang with us, folks. It says, exception, AFCI protecting shall not be required where the extension of an existing branch circuit conductor is not more than six feet and does not include any additional outlets or devices other than splicing devices. This measurement shall not include the the conductors inside an enclosure, cabinet, or junction box. Okay, so let me look at me and let's describe this real quick. In Jay's scenario, they're taking it, it's in the way, and we're not adding any, but we're going to move it over here, or we're going to turn it on the other side of the wall, or whatever we're going to do with it. I can go with that up to six feet. I don't have to invoke AFCI protection. Hey, man, when I do a service change on a panel, and your inspector says, oh, you changed the panel, now you've changed all these brand circuits. No, you haven't. But without this rule, without this rule, if I wanted to take a panel... 
And now, let's say it's an old fuse panel, and we're going to change it out, and we're going to use that as a splice point, and we're going to add another panel. As yeah. long as that panel's not more than six feet away, the circuits that I extend over to it, I'm not adding any more outlets. I'm not adding anything. I am modifying it. I am extending it, and that's where the exception comes in. It's perfectly okay. That will not invoke me to have to all of a sudden now install AFCI devices. That's an important exception. It is huge. Huge, 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 huge. I can have a basement, and where I see this a lot is you have the basements, you have the panel, and they have it roughed in for a bathroom. You can't have the panel in the bathroom, Okay. It's really the overcurrent devices you can't have in the bathroom, not necessarily the panel, but it's overcurrent. But anyway, you can't have it. So maybe I turn it the other way, Yep. and now it's no longer in the bathroom. But maybe I turn it and move it a couple feet. I am not changing the branch circuits based on this exception. I would not now have to be forced to put AFCI devices in for all these branch circuits. Now, if you want to, great. But you're not required. That's what I said. So this also works, like I said, for the individual branch circuit relocation, like in Jay's case. But it also works in the case of, let's say, like you're doing a panel. Okay. Now, when it says the six feet, it had to clarify in the like 2020 that. code like that it's, it's from enclosure or cabinet to yep. cabinet, box to box. Not the wire that's in each one of the cabinets on each end of it. It's only the portion between box to box or cabinet to cabinet. That's the six-foot measurement, okay? Just because I've got three feet of wire in the cabinet on one side and three feet in the other, that's not six feet. It's the portion between the two cabinets or between the boxes that is what the measurement is, that the six feet comes so, from. So when it says other than splice devices in there, so so let's say I had a bar top and I cut it down and I have that one circuit, I'm pulling it back and I'm, I'm getting that circuit the end of that circuit, and I'm extending it. Now I'm putting it under, let's say, the sink in a single-gang box. box, and I'm J-boxing it. Yeah, because you don't that, want to that's... pull the existing circuit back out. You've got enough of it there. You might as well put it in a junction box and then go from that junction box to where but the receptacle. From the from the point where that wire leaves that junction box to where it enters that other box, it better not be more than six, six feet, feet if you want to comply with this rule. To, and, use, the, and to, that, use, the, to use the exception. Use the exception, but again, let's say it was six and a half, seven, like we've said before in, in these electrician lives. Get with your AHJ, ask them, talk to them. Don't try to pull the wool over their eyes. Just say, see if they'll accept it, and and they they mostly likely will. I've had a situation where we were doing a bunch of these in a apartment complex, and we extended that circuit about six, six and a half feet, seven, and it was all little small tandem breakers in the box, and the uh, AHJ said, you know what? It's fine. I get the purpose of it. I see what you're doing. There's nothing wrong here. But again, make sure that you approve that with them and, sure. and don't ever try to beat around the bush with them because at, at the end of the day, they can make your life sure. really good now or here's, really bad. Here's what you can't do. You can't say, hey, I've got this box underneath the cabinet now. I'm not going to waste it. I'm going to go on and put a receptacle in there and then go on to the one that Jay moved. Because now you're adding an outlet. You didn't have yes. one. You only had one. Now you moved it. You still had the one. It count the one you moved, but now you're adding an outlet to the one underneath there. Just because you have a box there and you're thinking, ah, just throw an outlet in there. Yeah, ah, just throw one in there. Now you you can't use the exception. Charge your phone underneath your sink. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a, not a selling point. <laughs> no, but yeah, <laughs> where's the receptacle? It's under the sink. But, I just so, pull the cabinet open right there, man. You, know. you don't need it. Yeah. So again, always have to think about these things. But again, um, I think we'll we'll uh, probably round it out, Jay. But I want to. I do want to make it clear. I believe that AFCIs work. Yeah. Same. I believe that they are designed for their intended function. I think that there's still a lot of mystique out there that people don't know that I wish the manufacturers would come out and clarify. For example, many of the manufacturers have removed the GFCI function that's built into it, which many people believe that was the key function that allowed the AFCIs to actually detect things like smoldering arcs and things like that, that a normal one would not. And so by moving, removing that, which the standard doesn't require it, if you can achieve the test results. And if a manufacturer can achieve the test results under UL 1699 and they don't need that in there, guess what they're going to do? They're going to take it out. Why? Because it costs them less money to produce it. Yeah. They don't need to have the GFI function in there if it's going to actually, what, raise the price. If it still can pass the test without it, why leave it in there? So they're going to remove it. I, I think at this point there's one manufacturer that might still have it in there. I can't remember which one, and I don't want to say it on the off chance that I don't. And again, and you know, and I have one of my moments. But at the end of the day, there was many people that believed that was beneficial, and by removing it, they've now reduced its its effectiveness. That's there's people that believe that. But the manufacturers make a product that's listed to a UL standard. It is tested. They can prove it in a lab. They have that data. But now it's time to get real-world data. We have 20 years of research now. Before you expand AFCIs anywhere else in this code, and, oh, God, please, don't somebody submit in the 2023, and they probably have already, to require that the entire house be AFCI protected. Come on. It's just too pushing it too far right now. All right? Don't just let us take your word for it. It's time to put up or shut up. That's all I'm saying. Show me the data. I'm here. I've read the NFPA report. I don't see the fires going down, so help me out a little bit. Give me some data. I want to believe you. I want to support you. I've been supporting you for 20 years. Now I need you to stop trying to expand it, and God, don't you put in there to require AFCI protection on all brand circuits, even in commercial. That money just went from ninety million to billions. Yeah. Yeah. And now you've got panels that are just going to be AFCIs on everything. Now somebody everything. next and, person, and it, Jay, they're going to say, "Why don't they just make a main that's AFCI anyway?" And there is a panel coming out that is going to be. But again, it's going to raise the cost. You already gripe about what we pay for an AFCI now. Imagine what it's going to cost for a panel. Yeah. And 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 an electrical contractor standpoint, it's hard enough to. You know, before the 2020 came out for Denver and was adopted in August 1st, which most of uh, the jurisdictions are doing it, I had to come out three months before and submit a, a price change to all my general contractors. And then on my list for my direct contactors or my direct um, contracts. So you're also putting a bind on us because now we're forced to up our price for certain uh, products, you know. And, and again, it's not a bad thing. If it makes sense, but if it doesn't make sense, it's hard for us to do, and um, it's just going to get ridiculous on prices. You know, panel, 
upgrades, new homes, you're going to end up having to charge a lot more. And again, we have to comply with the NEC and the inspectors are, the inspectors sure. don't really look at it from a money standpoint, but as contractors do. And I'm not saying we want to cheapen and skim on things, but we also want to make sure that we're doing fair install for fair prices. Sure. And I think, you know, another thing is, is Nathan, uh, it's first time to the show. Thanks for Nathan for, Nathan. for joining us. Thanks for joining us. I know that guy, man. Copper Connection. Nathan, shout out, man. Good go. job, dude. The, the, yeah. The, the thing about the AFCIs, again, is you're not alone. Other people say it. If other people are saying it and you've eliminated the fact that it's not an installation issue or it's something that you're doing, an improper case to neutral or something like that, and I, I tell people, then it needs to be addressed from the manufacturers. They have to come out of the basement, okay? <laughs> they got to leave their basement. They have to come out, and they have to start addressing the issues, okay? You know? They can't just wave to open cornfields. They have to come out of the closet and address these issues. Okay? (laughs) Way to to end the episode, Paul. I know, really? Nobody nobody got it. Trust me. Nobody got what I was doing. Nobody got it. All right. So anyway, hey, we appreciate all y'all. And uh, I can't tell you what next week's episode is because we don't know yet. I don't believe we know. Um, I do want to address an issue, hopefully next week or whatever, about ground rods at poles. I, I really want to talk about utility companies and people who, engineers who design systems and want ground rods driven at poles, even though we have an equipment ground that's run with the circuit to the pole they feel better about driving ground rods because for some weird reason they think that lightning is going to look at that pole and go, nah, I'm not going to strike that one because it's got a rod. Or, or maybe they even think that because it has a ground rod that by some miraculous way it's going to trip an overcurrent device because the earth is so conductive that the return path is going to allow it to happen. No. So I do want to talk about that on a future episode and a unique situation that we found that a engineering group was actually requiring people to do, and this was like drive 50 and 60 feet of ground rod in order to try to get the ohms down low enough. The only reason you're trying to get the ohms down low enough is you think that some way that that's got some benefit to the system. And don't be telling me this crap that it keeps the concrete base from cracking because that's a bunch of BS, all right? You don't know why you're requiring the ground rod. You have no clue. You're just requiring it. It's called an auxiliary electrode. It's not even required, but you're requiring it, and then you're making them do these weird things like take the ground rod and CAD weld not only the connection to a lightning arrestor to the ground rod, but also making them connect the equipment grounding conductor to the ground rod and to the pole. Tells me you really have no clue. So we want to talk about that in a future episode, okay? So I want to talk. We're going to, maybe that's not going to be next week. I don't know. We don't know. We'll discuss it. But it'll be on the website. Go to electricianlive.com in the next couple of days, and you'll see next week's topic. We'll have it there, and we'll get it all taken care of. Jay, anything you want to say to everybody before we yeah, go? Yeah, just, just uh, appreciate you guys logging in. Send us some emails about some topics too, guys. We try to generate these topics. We have good five list topics that we can go over. Um, but, again, we want to know what you, the listeners, 
want to hear from us. We want we want to know what feedback you want from us other than just in the chat so that we can actually do some research and do a full episode on it. So email us, let us know what's going what's on your mind and what you want to hear us talk about and and we'll uh, we'll touch base with it. I think we have in the next few weeks, I'm bringing on a special guest from a supply house that we work with. Mm-hmm. I want to bring him in and um, get some insight from him. I'm trying to still get Milwaukee um, on. I've actually talked to a couple of their reps. I'm just trying to find the right individual to bring in. So, um, yeah. This, Milwaukee? That's, that's right. That's right. So I'm trying to bring them in. Um, and just thanks for the support, guys. I've, I've seen more donations today and support from you guys and feedbacks in the comments than I have in a couple of weeks. So we really do appreciate yeah. that. Nathan, it's good to hear from you. Rombo, thanks for being back. Tim, Code Strong, big shout-out to everybody. Yep. Caleb, Elwood. And, and remember, this show is for you. Yes. So let us know what you want us to talk about. doesn't matter if it's controversial or not. We want to talk about it. I am sure I'll create quite a bit of buzz over AFCI discussion with some people out there. And again, let me reiterate, I didn't say they didn't work. I just said now it's time to put up or shut up. There's a lot of issues that are happening that I'm hearing lately, and nobody's answering the questions. It's being ignored. It's a lot of money involved here. So a lot of money, man. answer the questions for people. A lot of money. And, I know and a right lot of you know how to do working. videos because I've seen some of your videos online. Time to do a video. Explain AFCIs. I'm calling you out. I'm not going to say who y'all are, but I'm calling you out. Okay. Bring it. All right. Till next time. Take care. Appreciate all of you. Be safe. Later. Live with your host, Paul Abernathy and Jay Brunberg.